0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson. Boy, well, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bed. He's still going.
2: Wilson pulling a magic
0: trick. Now the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the five, touchdown. Two minutes, Barry. That was Sauce
2: Gardner coming in hot. Aaron Wilson, here he goes.
0: Goodbye, and hello, end zone. And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brace Hall, looking for history. 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen, thank
3: you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we're going to talk about reasonable expectations for the Jets heading into 2022 training camp with our friend, who is the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother?
1: What's up, Scott? We're... we're, uh i think we hit that halfway mark of the uh the off season well the back end of the off season so a few more weeks and we'll be uh into, tra- into training camp and preseason so speed in yeah you don't want to rush the summer but you also are excited for football so it's always a, a catch 22 this time of the year i think right now the two
3: biggest stories for the jets heading into training camp have to be how much is garrett wilson's bill going to be at the rookie dinner and where will zach wilson and braxton barrios vacation together because they seem to be joined at the hip if you saw flight 2022 you saw that the first phone call he made was a video call to zach wilson after he re-signed with the jets braxton barrios so i'm curious to see where those storylines wind up i will say with garrett wilson there was nothing funnier to me than his reaction when fred taylor told him that the rookie dinner could cost him upwards of seventy-five thousand dollars. was like, what? $75,000? He was like, man, they know you got $20 million guaranteed. You know they're going to be trying to drive that bill up. And then he talked about how somebody could order a $5,000 bottle of champagne and take one sip and just leave it on the table. So I think he's going to be a fun character. I like that interview a lot that he did. On the pivot, Ryan Clark and especially Fred Taylor really drew out some of his personality. So I do think, all joking aside... That Zach Wilson is obviously the number one storyline heading into training camp, and how the rookies do in training camp is probably going to be the number two story. So let's talk about how that ties into reasonable expectations, and we'll start with Zach Wilson. So many people have projected what they think he's going to do in year number two. We have to keep in mind that he had a really bad rookie year overall. He played better down the stretch. But it's sort of unreasonable to me, I think, to think that he's going to go from what he did his rookie year to being a top 10 quarterback or anything like that. I think a reasonable expectation here, and I've said this before, is for him to be maybe somewhere just below middle of the pack so... I'd say maybe around 20th best quarterback. That to me would show some real progress. If he's better than that then great. That's icing on the cake. But I think if he could be somewhere around 20th, sort of the way that Josh Allen was year number 2 with the Bills, then you would consider that significant progress and you would feel a lot better about Zach Wilson going forward.
1: Yeah, he just he has to look competent and he has to look uh, you know, he's got to be able to consecutively put good games together and just play consistent like the 3 Cs, right? Like <laughs> competitive consistent um and just you know just can stack consecutive good games because you know you saw and we we went through it with Darnold too it was like you're always trying to you know make the argument like oh look at this throw he made in the third quarter against the Texans he's going to be great any quarterback who's in the NFL can make great throws at any point of a game but can he consistently put games you know string quarters together string games together and I'm not saying like win six games in a row. I'm just saying go out there and, you know, throw, you know, 63 completion percentage, 250 yards, you know, two to three touchdowns. If you turn the ball over once or twice here and there, it's not the end of the world. But you can't go out there and go nine of 23 for 98 yards with an interception. Like that, that can't happen. We can't see those games anymore from him, but you know, you, yeah, you'll, you'll get some games where he was, you know, 10 of, or like, you know, 15 of 30, for 190 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. But if he's putting up games where he's going for 350 and three touchdowns, there needs to just be, you know, you need to see some of those games that he puts together. And, and if he could do it more consistently, you'll feel better about where he is. So, I mean, we could stress about where he's going to rank in terms of like a jump he makes. And if he can get to like the 15th best quarterback in the league, that'd be great. Um, but I think when you just, you know, kind of put tunnel vision on for the Jets and where, zach has to be to to feel good about him at the end of the year you just want to see better you know better consistency out of him and not these games where it's like wow this guy should probably be in the xfl next year okay round two name something that's not boring laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh
0: ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino
3: Well, Nick, the upside of Zach Wilson potentially playing like he belongs in the XFL is that I could put in a good word for him with Mark Ross, our friend who's appeared on the show a bunch of times, who's the executive vice president of personnel for the XFL and, of course, the boss of the XFL, The Rock. So if it doesn't work out here for the Jets, don't (laughs) worry, Zach, I got you. I'll talk to Mark Ross for you. I think as far as expectations, it goes beyond Zach Wilson, though. Let's talk a little bit. About the rest of this offense the running game you've got Michael Carter now who shifts to more of a 1b or a 2a whatever you want to call it with Brees Hall coming in here as the real workhorse but I think they have an opportunity to really transform the run game and help make Zach Wilson's life a lot easier if Zach Wilson only has to throw the ball say 25 times a game at most And Brees Hall and Michael Carter are making plays in the run game and the pass game and wearing out the opposing defense, playing a little bit of ball control. That's really that San Francisco style. The more the Jets successfully run, and I know it's a passing league, but it's really about the balance. And if you can run successfully to set up the pass, that's how a lot of these teams operate, like the 49ers. If the Jets can run successfully, then you're going to know that they're on the right path because history will show you that if a team rushes well, it opens things up for the passing game and they're successful in that arena as well. So I think with Brees Hall and Michael Carter here, you have the potential for the best Jets running game since at least when Chris Ivory was here in 2015 and maybe since you had Sean Green and Thomas Jones here back when the Jets were making a run at the AFC Championship.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think this is the this is where I'm most excited about the, the team. And I know... You know the running game, whatever. You know it's boring, um, but like you mentioned, you got to run it to be able to successfully. You know this scheme is predicated off the play action. It's a great running scheme. So if if Zach has this, um, you know lethal, I think because I think that this could be a top ten rushing offense because I think Vera Tucker is going to be a top five guard in football next year. That's how how high I am on him personally. Um, and I think if you can get Beckett in, I'm sure we're going to talk about him later. If you can get that right side, you know those are maulers, man. You just run the ball behind those two dudes all day long. Um, you're going to get better. Uh, you're going to get better blocking from the tight end group. Um, so I think this this is this is like the group you're going to ride early on in the season and late in the season. Um, you know when you go up against teams like the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns you're not going to want to be sitting back and throwing the ball 40 times a game. So you're going to rely heavily on these running backs, especially early in the year when people are trying to get their legs under them. If you come with them, a one, two punch. And even if Kevin Coleman, I wouldn't, you know, discount him. Like he's a good back. still at, at his age, you know, if he gives you five carries a game, you know, six carries a game behind Carter and, and uh, Brees hall, <laughs> you know, that's as good of a trio as there is in football. So, um, you know, you come with a Brees hall, 20, 22 times on the ground, Michael Carter, sprinkle him in in the passing game as well. Um, I think that's something that the Jets are going to really focus on early in the year. And obviously later in the year when it gets colder, cause you still, yes, it's the passing league, but you're still playing football in the Northeast. And um, you know, when it comes down, I know it's not like it was back in the day where it's like 30 degrees or 20 degrees and snowy, but you know, it's still, still gets chilly at the end of the year and you know, you're going to want to control the game and you're want to keep it on the ground against these tough teams and you know when the jets are their best it's because they have the best or one of the best running games in football and um, sometimes you don't like to get away from what what's worked in the past and um, in the playoffs you're gonna have to run the football too so it's never a bad thing to have a, a great rushing offense and I think the jets you know I think Wilson could struggle at times and the passing game might not be up to speed right away but I do think the this rushing offense should be tops in the league this year. There's no doubt. I think it's disappointment if it's not.
3: And if it's going to be one of the best in the league, part of the reason why will be because of the revamped offensive line and also the tight ends that came in here who are pretty good run blockers. You've got C.J. Ozama and Tyler Conklin, a huge upgrade over what the Jets had, which was, let's be honest, really nothing. They haven't had anything functional at tight end for several years. Those two guys come in here. Plus, they have a rookie in Jeremy Ruckert who can learn the ropes. I think his trajectory may be similar to what Tyler Conklin did in Minnesota where Conklin learned under more experienced tight ends for a couple of years including Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and then eventually he got his opportunity and really was able to make the most of it. So could be that Ruckert sort of is that third tight end for the first two years and then explodes after that if things go according to plan. And then with the offensive line. It's not so much that they added a ton, but they did bring in Lake and Tomlinson, who we saw from Flight 2022 was their number one priority. They really wanted to upgrade a guard. And a lot of it is what they're getting back. They're getting Conor McGovern back from injury. They're getting George Fant back from injury. They're getting Makai Becton back from injury, although he's obviously a much bigger question mark than the other guys because he missed an entire season last year. The only one on the offensive line who made it through the entire year without suffering a season-ending injury was Elijah Vera Tucker, and you've got to be very excited about him based on what we saw last year as well. So the offensive line, the tight ends, absolutely going to play a big role And I think if everything gels together here on this offense while we're talking about reasonable expectations heading into training camp not saying they're going to be a top 10 offense, but they could at least be a fun, watchable offense. That's all I'm asking for. The bar is low for me right now, Nick. I just want an offense that's entertaining, that moves the ball, looks like it's clicking, and could be something positive in the long run. So that's really what my expectations are right now, or my hopes for the 2022 season. I don't want to be sitting here and having unrealistic expectations, like I said, that everybody's going to be top 10, but if they can be entertaining, watchable, and Show you enough to make you think that they are going to have an impact over the next couple of years, then I think that they've hit any reasonable expectation that we could have.
1: Yeah, and absolutely, and and I think you know what you you said about the offensive line and getting guys back—it's definitely true. And um the three tight ends, anything to get Trayvon Wesco and Daniel Brown like as far away from this team for good as possible is a win. Um, you have a fullback, a true fullback, and Nick Bowden who they brought in last year, who brings you special teams as well. So. He's got another year here, and and what I'm most excited about is Michael Floor in year two. I I love Michael Floor. It took me a little while to warm up to him. I loved when they hired him. It took me a little while to warm up to him last year, but seeing him grow, I think he made the best, I think he made the most uh, improvement of any coach and player last year as anybody on the entire organization Um, from what he did from week one, two, three on until later in the year. I think he just found his, you know, got comfortable with who he is as a play caller um, and just took off. And now you see him in the offseason. He's kind of turning into like a little bit of a Hollywood guy. Like last year, he was this goofy, like, you know, nerdy offensive play caller. Now he's like working out. He's, he's adding some, some muscle. He's changing his lookup. He kind of looks like Braxton Berrios' his like less handsome twin. Um, so he's bringing a little bit more of an edge and he feel I feel a little bit of a, Um, unfortunately it probably is going to lead to him getting a head coaching job soon, but I'm super excited for LaFleur in year two. And I think it's just going to make everybody else better. Um, So it seems like there's some good vibes amongst the offensive coaching staff. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do with better weapons, better protection um, a year, another year of these younger guys in the system um, and, and another year of him in the system as a play caller. So he's found, I think what works for him and, um i'm really excited to see what he can do you know with obviously barrios you saw kind of a little gadget play here and there breaking down the films was really cool like how they have differing receivers who do different things and he mentioned the whole like you know build it like you build a basketball roster um so it was cool to see those those tape breakdowns on the flight 2022 Um, that was probably my favorite clips from that and obviously the, the war room scenes which are awesome but um, LaFleur is somebody who I'm super high on going into uh, to the season Let's talk defense
3: now, Nick The defense was the worst in the league last year It was terrible They couldn't stop the run They couldn't stop the pass We'll start with the secondary The secondary might have been the worst secondary in the NFL last year If not, it was very close <laughs> All due respect to Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles. They did an admirable job They did the best that they could But those guys are really not full-time starting caliber cornerbacks. They're both really good depth. They can start in a pinch. But those are not the two guys that you want as your two starting cornerbacks. A very important position. So the Jets went out. They spent some money. They got DJ Reed. They used the number four overall pick on Sauce Gardner. And then as far as safety, they had bad safeties last year. Injuries contributed to that, clearly. But still, the safety play was bad. So they go out and they get themselves Jordan Whitehead, a Super Bowl winner, and Darrell Rivas's cousin. We'll see what happens at the other safety spot. There'll probably be a competition there. But the secondary on paper looks much better with Brandon Echols and Bryce Hall as backups, as depth, as opposed to being the two starting corners. We saw how many times they got killed, especially on third downs. It just felt like the Jet defense could never get off the field on key third downs. Now they've made major investments there. So I think the expectation for the secondary is it goes from arguably worst in the league to, I would think at least top half of the league.
1: Yeah. And you, and, and you had just such a recipe for a disaster with a new head coach, first time head coach, first time defensive play caller, rookies everywhere, injuries to veterans, Marcus May and Joyner, awful safety play. So what Bryce Hall and Eccles had to do at corner last year was a, a tall task. And yeah, they're, they're probably better served. Like you mentioned in the depth role and, you know spot starters because you need a lot of them, like, there's a lot of injuries in football, it's not breaking news to anybody, but you know, so you go from what was a paper thin group last year to a relatively deep group now. When you're talking about, um, you know, Bryce, <clears throat> Bryce Hall and and uh, Eccles as your three and four, and obviously, you have depth inside you know, with, with Carter. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things to be, you know, they spent a lot of kicks and money on the cornerback position. And um, I think well, it would, what we don't realize is how much of a loss Lamarcus Joyner was last year too, because he was somebody who the coaching staff loves. And they felt that the way the Raiders used him really threw his, basically his career into the tubes, like, right. Cause they, they started playing him in different spots and it's just like, you know, it just didn't work for him. So the jets were going to put him back really at his, his uh, main position, which really got him notoriety in the league and he's had a good career. So him going down when he did barely played at all, um, I think was a big loss for them. So getting him back is going to be interesting. And then you move a guy like Jason Pinnock to to safeties, and he was getting a lot of the first team reps in uh, OTAs and minicamp. And yeah, it's probably due to because Joiner is not healthy or not you know going full speed yet. And you know then you have Ashton Davis, obviously. So so there's there's some depth there. There's some guys to watch. It's probably the most interesting besides linebacker, which we'll get into. Like linebacker and safety are the two spots where there's going to be some competition to, to get a lot of the playing time, but the cornerback spot has gone from, like you mentioned, pretty much one of the worst ever last year to a group that you kind of feel good about this year. And obviously the pass rush wasn't there last year. They didn't, they lost Lawson. they really didn't have anybody else. So that, that affects the group too. But now you just, there's much more pure talent at the position. So you, you know, you feel a little bit better about the pass rush too this year, but On talent alone, it's just a major upgrade what they did this offseason.
3: Nick, let's talk about the pass rush. We had much greater expectations going into last season than ended up happening, unfortunately. And a lot of that is because Carl Lawson was hurt. We're hoping that he stays healthy this year. If he comes back healthy and the Jets now add Jermaine Johnson into the mix... This is a pass rush that, again, could go from one of the worst in the league to, I don't even necessarily want to say top half, but at least somewhat respectable, maybe in the top 20, which would be a big improvement, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy, but just looking what the Jets have done from a pass rush perspective recently has been pretty abysmal. I think if Lawson stays healthy and Jermaine Johnson can really get in the mix, that bumps Bryce Huff back to where he should be, which is a depth piece. You've got Jacob Martin now, who's a pretty good depth pass rusher. And it should open up things for the interior defensive line, most notably Quentin Williams and John Franklin Myers. So my expectations for the pass rush... Are to be probably somewhat slightly below league average, but if they can at least get to that area, like we were talking about before with Zach Wilson, that's a huge win considering where they were last year.
1: Yeah, it's a an, it's another group that's really deep too. Like you've gone from a group now, which was again paper thin last year, to well, wow, we might actually be cutting some good players. Like Vinnie Curry could be on the bubble. Um, Bryce Huff, who you mentioned, who I wouldn't. You know, unless maybe you trade him for something, but how much value does he have in the trade market? But, you know, they they might cut some solid players because they have a lot of guys there. Um, so if if Lawson, look, I don't think he's ever going to be 100% just because he suffered so many you know, really serious injuries, lower body injuries. So I don't think he could ever, I mean, at least me, maybe I'm being negative and pessimistic about it, but I don't, I don't expect him ever to really be like Carl Lawson, who we, you know, saw or we thought we were going to get. So you have to kind of limit your expectations there. But I mean, if he's a guy who can get you eight sacks, you know, 10 would be great. And then you have, like you mentioned, the interior guys who you hope this helps. Sheldon Rankin's too included. Maybe Marshall kind of makes a jump this year. Um, obviously Solomon Thomas, who they added, who they like. And Jermaine Johnson is the, is basically the wild card. If he's the guy who... A lot of people think he is was top ten in this draft, talent wise. You know, maybe it's a stretch to ask him to be this sack guy right away. Um, you know, it could take some time for him to develop. Maybe next year is year he makes the jump. But if you see some flashes from him, and at least he looks like he could play with the competition, and he's understanding the, the playbook and whatnot, you know, you you have a lot of quality players at, at the position. Like it, it's probably lacking that. Not probably, it is lacking that. Like fifteen sack guy, like you're – um, you know Chandler Jones a few years ago, the TJ Watts obviously, but as a group, it's a really good group. Um, and the way Sala and, and you know Ulbrich are going to rotate guys, I don't think it's going to be as serious as people were freaking out about with playing time, you know, cutting into playing time and whatnot. But they're going to there's going to be a heavy rotation, and that's great. It'll keep guys like Lawson who has injury issues, like jo- Johnson who's a rookie, without putting too much on him. Uh, Vinnie Curry is up there in age. So if you can get a rotation, keep these guys fresh and just you know let them kind of get after and, and force some turnovers, like that's what you really want out of this group. Nick, as far as the rest of the
3: defense, we can talk linebackers and interior defensive line. As we said, Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers are going to be the most important pieces on that interior defensive line. And then you look at linebacker, you've got C.J. Mosley, big year for him. Because if you look at his contract, he's ripe to be cut at the end of the season just based on how much money he's making. So if that happens, he wants to put himself in a position where either he can renegotiate with the Jets or get some money elsewhere because he's probably only going to have one more shot at a sizable contract. And then you look at the rest of these guys, and it's all a bunch of unknowns. Quincy Williams is somebody the coaching staff apparently likes, but he was very up and down last year, made a lot of tackles. He really played hard, tackled hard, but he over-pursued a lot. He's got some stuff to fix. Hamza Nasruddin comes back. You've got Jamie and Sherwood coming back. So there's a lot of questions about what happens here with those linebackers inside and with the defensive linemen inside. If it goes the right way, then this defense could be vastly improved from last year in addition to what we were talking about before. If it doesn't, it could be a little rough. I think the key here is the interior defensive line and the linebackers have to do a much better job of stopping the run. I think it's definitely possible based on who they've added in the offseason. So I think with these guys, again, I'm not expecting them to go from arguably worst in the league or among the worst in the league to top of the league. But if they could be somewhere in that fifteen to twenty range, which is possible if everybody stays healthy, a big if obviously, then I think that's a reasonable expectation to have for the twenty twenty-two season for these groups.
1: Yeah, I think the, the linebacker group is is probably the one position you can look at and say, All right, well, this is probably something that they're still going to address before week one, whether that's a quan Alexander in next month, you know, or in July or even something back on, you know, cut down day, like they did with Quincy Williams last year. So that's probably like the one position you, where you could really look at and say, all right, they probably need a veteran here. Um, obviously you have Mosley who's a veteran. Um, but yeah, you, 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 it's just hard to go into this season with, uh, <clears throat> you know, like nozzle Dean and Sherwood as the guys you really count on and, and Williams. So, um, I think that's, that's probably the spot you're going to add. But if, if Mosley is, he, I know he came back and, you know, he had some, some really good moments and he had some moments where you were like, Oh, maybe he's slowing down a bit, but he brings a lot to, to the group. He brings that veteran presence, the leadership, the, the winning experience. So he, he brings a lot more than just what's on the field too. Um, you're going to want a guy who you know can at least play in coverage a little bit better, um, can go sideline to sideline, can let Mosley kind of fall back into a role that he's comfortable with. Cause they asked him to do some new things and lose some weight last year. And maybe that affected him towards the end of the year. Maybe the health did, you know, coming back from basically two full seasons off. So maybe a full real off season and um, season under his belt and Mosley can kind of get back to the guy he was. So I think it's, you know, I think it's important for them to at least keep an eye open for somebody who has some real experience like Quan would be great. Um, so if they can upgrade that position, then, that, then, I mean, you really look on the entire defense, like <clears throat> there's not that many holes, you know? Yeah. You can always get better. You can add a better, you, know, you can, you can get a, a TJ Watt, or You can add a, a, a massive playmaking safety, but, realistically you look around the defense if you were to like kind of shore up that inside linebacker spot it's a, it's a pretty good group with positions that you feel good about not just with your starters but also depth so um you know Joe Douglas is not just focusing on the, the top 15 players on the roster but they're getting, the Jets are getting a lot better like from 45 on down like there's some solid depth across uh, you know the entire roster and what you mentioned about Mosley is so true like there's a few guys who you can look at Mosley, Corey Davis, Carl Lawson—basically anybody they gave a multi-year deal deal to in the past two, three years—who are going to be playing for their NFL, you know, career or that next contract or last contract. Um, you know, Corey Davis—he can easily be cut, and the Jets can save a ton of money. John Franklin Myers, same thing. So there's going to be a lot of guys who are not only playing for for the 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 the, the sheet, you know, the logo on the helmet, but also the name on the back of their jerseys too, because their NFL careers are kind of hinging on it. So you like that? You like that? Like. You know, you, you force these guys. I'm not saying anybody comes and doesn't play every snap or whatnot, but to give that a little bit more of a of an edge or or a reason or a want to is always good. You know, the contract year, right? So um, you have a few veterans like that who who have a big year coming up.
3: Nick, I want to come back to Corey Davis because we skipped over the wide receivers. I got so excited about Garrett Wilson and the seventy five thousand dollar <laughs> bill. I think this group, it's probably a year away from being a potentially top 10 group because Garrett Wilson's going to be a rookie and he's going to take some time to really find himself in this offense. But I do think that by mid-season it's possible that this wide receiver group could be somewhere in that top 15. You've got Berrios' really good depth and as a gadget guy, Elijah Morphe stays healthy, looks like knock on wood, he has the makings of a number one wide receiver – We know about Garrett Wilson and obviously Corey Davis. If he stays healthy, if he's the number two or number three, he's very well suited for that. I don't think he was well suited to be a number one wide receiver, but a very solid player at the position with a lot of experience and leadership qualities. So I think this wide receiver group could be top 15 if everything breaks right. And by next year, if Garrett Wilson really develops him and Elijah Moore could have the makings of a top 10 tandem.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you, you really like all of them. Um, is there going to be a guy who you love? You know what I mean? Like, is there going to be somebody who takes that number one, like, game-breaking mantle, like a Justin Jefferson came in and um, just kind of, you know, from day one, well, it took him a little, a few weeks, but this year one, I should say, where you're like, all right, this guy is the top five receiver in football, hands down. Like, that's what the Jets will probably – it would be great if they had one, one of these guys turn into, and if you think it's more, that's awesome. I think Garrett Wilson has the makings of that. Um, Obviously it's going to, you know, we can't expect a rookie receiver to just come and just be a a superstar right away, especially with a quarterback like Zach Wilson. He's just not there yet. You know, you know, Justin Jefferson say what you want about Kirk cousins. I know that both of us are big fans. Um, He he can get the ball to receivers and and do it well and do it often. and, And they play indoors um, with a really good offense and a, and a number two and Adam Thielen, so yeah, all that helped Justin Jefferson. But to expect a to expect Garrett Wilson to right away come in and be this guy where it's like, well, that's why you took him tenth. Like, I think we have to just be prepared for him to kind of go through the gauntlet a little bit, struggle to get you know even to get reps. If you're playing with the two tight ends and you're playing with uh, Corey Davis, who the organization loves, obviously he's a veteran, they trust him, good route runner, all that. Um, I think he'll be better this year health wise. And also he mentioned it, I think it was in the flight 2022, but you know, with the death of his brother, which was awful. Um, he he just really wasn't there mentally, you know, obviously coming over to New York with a big contract, getting married with a kid and um, <clears throat> so much went on for him. So he said it was more like a, a real off season now for him to just kind of focus really on football and playing for the jets. So, um, and you expect Corey Davis to be better than what he was. Cause you know, you saw Zach Wilson really, obviously he was the, the veteran of the group and, and the guy who Wilson kind of leaned on, but a lot of the big plays down the field were, were to Corey Davis. So if you can get Elijah Moore, you know, to get some, to make more explosive plays and you have Garrett Wilson, who can be more of your like intermediate guy. It really is a group that can, can be really, really good really soon. So um, I, I love Garrett Wilson. Um, I think, I have really high expectations for him. He reminds me somewhat of a Justin Jefferson. I just think he's a very slippery. Uh, he's going to do really well against press, you know, press coverage. He's a guy who can beat press coverage. He, he's got long arms. His extension is really good. He's got strong hands. So I, I, I'm a fan of his. I'm not expecting him right away to be like a 1,200 yard guy. Um, maybe next year. That's that's the the idea. But it's like you have so many young talented players at key positions that you just. If you can get this thing running in the right way, and they all just develop, and it's and it's you know obviously a lot to ask for um, the quarterback, the corner, the pass rusher, the two receivers, all them to be on the same page at the same time is a lot to ask. But um, if you could just see the, the the train moving and see the development, I mean that's all you could ask for this year.
3: Nick Spano, co-founder of U-Stadium, thanks so much for coming on and talking about reasonable expectations for the Jets heading into 2022 training camp. Really appreciate it. For those that haven't downloaded the U-Stadium app yet, I can't imagine why you wouldn't have done that. Go ahead and download it and then take part in the takes function because you can make yourself some money, right,
1: Nick? Yeah, man. It's really started taking off since we, we chatted around the draft about it and Um, We've added some really cool promo stuff that we're doing. And basically any night that there's a a sporting event, you can go on and uh, we're doing some promo and some matching and all that fun stuff. And just, you know, really gearing up for, for the football season. So um, we've had people win like, I think 120 bucks, they cashed out and um, 50 bucks here and there. So we've had some, some pretty big winners. Um, So it's, it's a really cool, fun social way to basically get paid for your sports predictions. Don't think of it as a, um, you know, you can do it where it's like, hey, I'm going to take the Jets minus three. You can post that as a take. You could post anything as long as there's a real outcome. Um, but it's really, you know, fans are posting like, uh, I actually hit a take on the app the other night, a, a home run take. I said, somebody in the MLB is going to hit three home runs tonight. So it's like rare that that happens, right? And Paul Goldschmidt did it. And I ended up, I think there was there it was me and one other kid agreed with me. And then it was like 30 kids who disagreed. So basically, what, what the takes is, is everybody, you know, I, I post the take, I put 2000 points, which is basically $2, 1000 points equals $1. Um, and then you either agree or disagree, and all the money goes into the pot. And once that outcome, you know, finally happens, if he, whether he, there's three home runs or there's not, those points are then rewarded to the winning side. So me and one other kid ended up basically with, with pretty big odds, you know, for, for such a rare um thing and, and i think we each won 30 bucks from it so um it's really cool man it's, it's a fun social way to just kind of prove that you know what you're talking about and you know make make really any sporting event a, a fun one so definitely check that out if you're listening and you want to try it we'll get you some promo points just dms us on you stadium tell us you heard us from uh from scott and the play like a jet uh podcast and we'll get you over some free points
3: Make sure that you do what Nick just said DM him and get yourself Some free points over at U Stadium Also make sure you check out everything We've got at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel the thunder From down under Luke Grant has got some great all 22 breakdowns of a lot of the players we Talked about on the show today so watch The videos and subscribe if you haven't already Visit our store tpublic.com That's t-e-e-public.com we've got The John Franklin Myers Quinn and Williams bless you Thank you shirt the Zach says go long shirt The Zach the Ripper shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's t-e-e-public.com and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com